Compliments of the season, fellow Gooners. Welcome to Arsenal Cannon Talk. Uh, I'm yours, Morning, my coach as usual, Aiden. Compliments of the season, guys. Arsenal host the champions and probably one of the most informed teams in Europe. Let's go to the Emirates. Yeah. Big clash of the Emirates. Always, you know, very cautious with this game. Because, I mean, look, I remember I was also very tentative with calling out, you know, any sort of prediction or are we going to fade the game. But, I mean, Arsenal full strength inside. Uh, Tommy Asu coming back almost at just the perfect time. Uh, City just being City with the squad, you know, they already have the that it was like all superstars. So, what was your take on Arsenal lineup going into this game? You know, that is a, a very, I think, solid lineup all around. I think, you know, I, I don't think I would have, would have changed anything much. It was good to see the likes of, of, of Party and, and Shaka in the middle of the park, you know, they seem to be the best combination giving us, you know, all-round um, kind of balance. Uh, I don't think I would have done anything differently at the, in that in that um, yeah. against City because I think it was a stable team all-round and probably one of our strongest 11. I think we're you know, try, still trying to figure out how to get Emil Smith-Rowe in that team at the moment. Yeah. And I mean, look, Arsenal, the game starts, Arsenal very fast out of the blocks. And I mean, it really surprised me because you know, normally against City, we're normally just sitting and sitting and waiting and waiting. And it's almost like the game starts slowly but surely drifting up, uh, you know, away from us. But I mean, I was really surprised. And I'm sure most Gooners were as well. Um, the first big chance, and of course, comes the fourth minute. Uh, big one to Man City. Kevin De Bruyne and, and uh, Bernardo Silva, you know, play a short one-two to each other. But I mean, it did worry me a bit because it did, cow, you know, carve us up a bit too easy for my liking. But the ball gets in the... Uh, cross into the box, and I mean, Gabriel Jesus just said so. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a big scare, quite warning signs for Arsenal at that point, because, you know, these games against City normally start off like that, where we concede very early on, and it's just kind of downhill from there. Yeah. Then, six minute, Thomas Party starts dominating the midfield, ruffling the likes of Rodri off the ball numerous times. I mean, at times, even not making a few of the City midfielders. Uh, then the big controversial point of the game, uh, for me personally, was uh, as Odegaard ends up getting into the box, running onto, I don't know who was the guy that, that played the through ball, uh, as Edison starts advancing towards Odegaard, he starts just pulling the ball wide of the keeper. And Edison, of course, goes, you know, full boot, studs in into the tackle, ends up clipping Odegaard, who trips over. And I mean, I personally thought it was a stone or penalty. And of course, after... You know, much uh, discussion and a uh, VAR check. They decided uh, no, no penalty given. And I mean, I was really surprised because at, at these, I think from, there were about five or six different angles. And I remember by, the, I think the fourth one, you can actually see Edison's foot taking out uh, um, Odegaard first before even getting anything onto the ball. Yeah, no, I I thought, you know, after VAR checked it, I was like, this is surely a, a penalty because... Yeah. Uh, I've I've seen many times before, you know, penalties given for much less of the VAR kind of shows, you know, this is the the contact, you know, penalty. I mean, he, he clearly gets the player and yeah. not not the ball even. I mean, not he doesn't even get the ball. So, you know, for me, the fact that VAR didn't even check it for me was hard done by because if, if VAR had to check and the ref was like, you know, no penalty then fine. But the fact that the ref didn't go, they didn't even tell the ref to go have a look, for me, was 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 devastating. And I think that should have been a penalty. 
Yeah. The N16 Reddit, Martinelli, T.S. Edison, you know, but they're also great build up again by Thomas Party. Um, what I actually, what amazed me also was in this game, you know, midway in the first half already, Arsenal's physical work was almost like next level because they were always catching City players on the ball. And I mean, more and more, they were dispossessing them while they had the ball. And also that, that sort of high press they were doing, City were struggling to get the ball out of the box. And I mean, I don't know how many times I saw Edison, you know, like nearly clearing the ball into either Lacazette or Odegaard. Yeah, uh, no, it does. I, I really think we were, we were pushing them so hard that, yeah. you know, forcing them into the areas and it was unlike City and unlike Arsenal. You know, we started off similar to that vein against Spurs. It's just, you know, we weren't converting the chances at all. Then, I mean, uh, 24th minute Arsenal starts pegging Man City deeper and deeper into the half. And I mean, it was actually for me as a, as a gooner, amazing to watch a team like City struggling to get the ball out of their own penalty area because, I mean, they ended up just booting the ball to the halfway line and we were just coming back, you know, at them again and again and again. And you could see Pep's reaction and his expressions how, you know, he, he, he seemed worried. Yeah, because, I mean, when you started, when they showed his face complaining constantly and that, that his assistant sitting his stone face, I mean, I knew also doing something right. And, I mean, the more you could also sense the, the crowd, because I mean, I told my son at first, for me, the crowd feels a bit dead in the beginning, the first few minutes, even though we were playing well, and it, it's not like they were, they were also like very, you know, on edge or on eggshells. But I mean, after that 24th minute on, you could hear that the roar, I'm like picking the players up also to that extra gear. And I mean, 31st minute, Arsenal play a fantastic crosswheel uh, pass, switching from right side of the field to the left. The ball ends up finding Kieran Tierney. He ends up, you know, when you see his no Man City players are closing him down, he starts surging forward. I think he ends up beating one guy by cutting inside. And I mean, I honestly, I thought he was going to play a short pass for somebody to link up to. But I mean, he ends up picking up Saka on the far post. And I mean, he ends up sweep. Uh, you know, I think he just ends up beating Ake with a run. And then he ends up sweeping the ball home. One, no Arsenal. Yeah, I think it sent the, the fans into raptures. And you know, Top class by Ben White as well, taking, reading Kevin De Bruyne and dispossessing him, you know, playing it to Odegaard also, you know, moved the ball so quick that City were all out of position and, you know, more than deserved by Arsenal. And I think the crowd was, you know, wild. And I mean, you know, with that penalty decision that I think Arsenal should have gotten, you could have been 2-0 up. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like moments like that when you know, when you got City, you know, it's like not dead and buried, but you really got them on the ropes from from your attacks because look at uh, Ake falling in at left back in in, in place of uh, Zinkovic. He was having a, a terrible time at left back because I mean he was struggling constantly. And normally, look when they when they have Kyle Walker playing, uh, that uh, Cancelo he ends up playing left back and normally doing quite well at it also. But I mean for me, what was standing also out standing standout moments in the game was. You've got Ryan Sterling every time trying to draw Tomiyasu into the tackle, then he fails. He tries to shift the ball past Tomiyasu, thinking like for speed he's going to beat him. Tomiyasu is keeping up with that as well. And I mean, Tierney was chopping that, that outlet, outlet down also on the other side, on the left side for us, with, you know, not giving Bernardo Silva because a, a chance. Because every time you, you saw Bernardo Silva, he's almost like trying to drift infield every time for, for, for playing an outside right position trying to drift himself in every time, but Kim was just keeping him out on the touchline constantly, and I loved it. 
Yeah, I know they they seemed very panicked. Uh, City didn't have any answers to us, and I think you know we we should have made that advantage count. Yeah, because City ninth minute Martinelli first blazes over, and after that blazes over, he ends up blazing a cross goal, like like a, he lashes the ball. But I mean, I think with a bit more fade on the wall, it would have been in the top corner. Yeah. And in the forty third minute, I think this was actually the one where you should have almost like buried him because he ends up the getting the break. Getting past Cancelo and I don't think it was Rodney trying to track back. And I think they were like taking swipes at him also, but I mean his pace and his footwork was almost like bamboozling them. And then I think he just don't get his body, you know, upright in time. And he ends up trying it on the retake finish, but it just ends up, uh, you know, rubbing, you know, just going past the post. Yeah, you know, any of those chances, I mean, go in, City would have been extremely on the back foot. And, you know, given a, a penalty decision that Arsenal should have had, we could have been 3 not up. Well, off time, you know, immediately, and just shows what the small margins can do. Then, second half, um, for the eighth minute, City again losing position in their own half. Uh, Saka Sa- Sa- ends up uh, robbing, I think, Rodri on the ball was trying to do like a Christ turn or something. And I mean, even Saka eventually does get caught up, but I mean, there's like three Man City defenders or defensive midfielders that also end up having to smother him out of the ball. Yeah, I know it was, it was you know really fantastic to see, and it's like Arsenal just carried on with their left off, off, and you know Pep, like I said, was extremely worried. I mean the energy level, as I said, the energy levels was amazing because look, uh, if you're playing a high press and you're playing also a sort of a quick, uh, you know, attacking game as well or counter attacking game, it takes a lot out of you. But I mean, I mean for me physically, our guys were on point because. When you see the likes of uh, Kevin De Bruyne frustrated, or, or you know the likes of, as I said, Cancelo in last week's podcast, where I said he's somebody that's always like, you know, it can be a thorn in your side. But then we end up, you know, just seeing those type of attacks off. Then fifty third minute penalty shot for Man City. I mean, uh, Bernardo Silva ends up getting the box, and I mean, look, everybody is also split on this whole thing. But I mean, my personal take. I mean, I'm, I'm eager to listen to yours as well. Was I mean, I really found it clumsy by Xhaka, like sticking his leg out. And I mean, still grabbing onto a, 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 the guy's shirt. And I mean, of course, when you watch it in, in, in almost like real, or in super slow-mo, you can actually see uh, Bernardo Silva is looking for that sort of contact because he's already going to like, go, you know, somebody's going to dive into the ocean. But I mean, for me, right there and then, when the ref, you know, said play on, I would have stuck to it like that. You know that decision, but then he, uh, the VAR ends up now, uh, you know, butting in and then tells the the ref to go check it on the monitor. And I mean, for me, right there, then I knew we are screwed totally. Yeah, I know. I also thought that for me, very silly, Bashaka. I mean, that the pulling of the shirt, I think, you know, for me, probably was the deciding factor because yeah. I mean, on any on on any anyway on the field, grabbing onto a jersey, you know, it's going to kind of give a foul, but. That being said, you know, Bernardo Silva was on his way down. And my biggest gripe is, if you're going to check that decision, you know, why are they not checking that Edison decision? I mean, yeah. is did the ref make a clear and obvious error with, with both decisions? I think, you know, if you're going to check the one, check the other one. I'm not saying necessarily give both, but check the one, check the other one. It's consistency. And, I mean, we are, you know, two days counted for us. But if you look at the decision, I know VAR has always been, you know, decision-wise, it's, it's, it's always out of our favour. And like you said, penalty for um, for Man City 
And, you know, we've, we've been giving quite a lot of you know, silly fouls, silly penalties in crucial moments. And, you know, Riyad Mahrez stepped up to the plate and making it 1-1 to, to City. And, and I think, you know, Gabriel also getting a, a yellow card for, you know, almost complaining about the um, decision. Actually, I mean, uh, uh, it was actually a journalist that brought up the, the whole thing of that goal because everybody was confused because first some people thought it was for the, you know, the scuffing the penalties, but wasn't that. Because what happened was, and this is why, because I just wonder why they were coming down on the road like that. Because they said when they, when Gabriel was trying to talk to the ref as they went to the halfway line, Rodri actually shoves Gabriel in the back and he ends up bumping the ref. So the ref, of course, thinks it's a, a you know like a purposeful uh, shove by Gabriel. So that was already the yellow. And then I mean, what almost like compounds is, uh, or I'm not actually even between before that thing that's going to still come. Uh, straight from the kickoff, Arsenal end up surging forward, getting the ball, you know, moving the ball forward. The ball ends up bouncing, you know, between Diaz and Edison, and he ends up looping ahead of his own keeper. And I mean, I'm actually like half willing the ball in, and Ake pulls over a wonder, you know, goal line clearance save. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm listening to under the goal line clearance. Um, sorry, it just did black out, but the goal, goal line clearance, and then you know, Martinelli should have should have made it 2 1, but Stuart Atwell once again getting in between the um, I mean, uh, excellent Man City defender, actually. Yeah, then uh, 59th minute, of course, more madness in this game. Gabriel ends up just totally wiping out, out his shoes, but I mean, you know. Before I go on with it, I recall, I don't know if it was late in the first half, when Saka beat one of that, that Man City players, and Rodri just came out of nowhere and just ended up clearing Saka's feet out from under him. Yes. And there wasn't even a talking to or anything. And then, of course, I think this ref then also just started losing total control of the game because he ends up giving <coughs> Gabriel a second yellow, which of course is another red card. Uh, we, of course, like, you know, going to kind of, not panic mode, but almost like defensive mode because we end up holding one of our best players also on the afternoon, Odegaard, we end up holding him off, holding and ends up coming on, you know, to get some sort of defensive stability at the back. Then, like, uh, seven minutes later, we end up bringing on Smith Rowe and we, you know, it's like sacrifice, like, as it, but I mean, I was thinking, anyway, down those lines, even if we're 11 v 11, because, <clears throat> excuse me, you got no Smith Rowe that can't play that, you know, it falls none because look, we are actually using Laka at the moment as that. We're not playing like we're really with a, a front, uh, you know, a real out and out striker. So, what was your take with the subs? And... No, I, I was, I, I think, you know, Laka did work his socks off. I think Odegaard had to kind of be the natural sac- sacrificial lamb because, you know, to play on the counter attack, you, you need players who's going to run and you're going to need runners all the time. And, mm-hmm. You couldn't really take Shaka off because, um, you know, neither protective the defense. So Odegaard coming off, you know, was only the natural option. And then Martinelli and Saka are your guys who can kind of, you know, catch you on the break. And then, you know, Smith Rowe would definitely come on for Laka because Laka was working his socks off. And Smith Rowe, you know, someone who can get between the lines. So it was a necessary change. I think he got it spot on, actually. I was just, you know... Was it going to be enough to to sneak a, a sneaky goal? Yeah, now yeah, it was my type of thinking. <clears throat> the seventy third minute, 
uh, Tierney started, you know, really struggling against uh, Bernardo Silva. And for me, it was also he was starting to do also the opposite that he was actually doing well in the first half. Because first half, he ended up going at, at, at um, Bernardo Silva. He was like forcing him to the touchline, not allowing to really cut inside. And this time, I don't know if it was enough fatigue also catching up to him because he was every time making as he was going to go for the tackle and he backs off. I don't know if it was also down to the fact that we're down to 10 or, we, you know, short. Nobody's really helping double up on, on Bernardo Silva. But I mean, he ends up just backing off and you can see... City also getting a bit more braver now, you know, launch like launching the attacks now against a ten-man team. And I mean, of course, we're not just playing for like as you said, now one good counter. Yeah, I know it was City were really coming. They were throwing in the kitchen sink, and I like, you know, my nerves was starting to get you know with ten stuff. I mean, I think I was you know just hoping and fingers crossed that we can walk away with the draw because I felt that we deserved at least the point. I mean. You know, we deserve more than that. But, I mean, 10 men against City, I mean, you know, not many people are going to come away with their head out there. I mean, I think that was also where it was getting to a point where, I think actually after the 78th minute where party ends up sending Martinelli out free on the right side. And I think Martinelli just lacked, I don't know, again, I don't know if it was also fatigue from that constant running and pressing, closing down. And it, but, I mean, he ended up just close to the end when he gets the ball by the edge of the box. He loses control, and I mean, Edison manages to just hack the ball into touch. <clears throat> yeah, I know it was, it was, it was still a good fight by Arsenal. And I think Arsenal of old have capitulated at the red card, but this team showed real some fight character, and it was just a spirit and desire. Like I was really proud of the guys, and like you know, just whirling them on just to see it through till the end. Yeah. The 94th minute, El Nini ends up coming on for Saka. It was, I think, it was also now a point where. Arsenal were willing to now, you know, see the game out at, at 1-1. But, I mean, in the 93rd minute, City get a long throw in. I don't know if we also kind of switch off the ball, you know, ends up just getting looped. And then it was like it's some weird shot of, was it, who was it, Gundogan? Who was it that took a shot where it ends up flicking straight into the path of Rodri? And, I mean, he ends up just stabbing it past himself for the winner. Yeah, it was, you know... Devastating when that goal went in, and I'm looking at yeah. maybe for an offside or, or yeah, something, yeah. and I just felt, you know, my heart sink, and not because obviously it was Man City, and, and I didn't expect anything, but my heart just sunk because of the manner of now, you know, the game's over basically, and you know, we we got so far and to get you know pipped like that, and the manner City were playing, and at, at we we were the better team, and and they were just using yeah. you know diving. Um, you know, all these um, trying to find loopholes to, and they basically, you know, get the goal. I mean, you know, get it to them. That's what champions do, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, we... we yeah. And, and, and for us, it was just, you know, my head was all high, you know. I mean, even when that final whistle blew, you saw the fans. I don't know when last you've seen fans, Arsenal fans, so that is, you know, applaud a loss because, you know, they knew that this was a game that, you know, had the ref been more consistent or things were actually accurately looked at, could have been a game where we walked away with all three points. I mean, look at even Sky Sports. I mean, they don't normally do it, but I mean, they end up giving Thomas Party man of the match, even though he's on, on the losing side. You know, he was really had an excellent performance. I mean, you don't, like, you know, we've been really hammering uh, him on the podcast here. Yeah. But I think, you know, that's the type of performances we need more often of him, you know. That that's why we bought him. That's why we spent the forty-five million on him, so that he can dominate games like he did. I mean, 
if he can dominate that city midfield like he did against other teams in the Premier League, yeah. I'm sure Arsenal will end up going, you know, definitely top four challenges. Yeah. So, of course, the much-anticipated uh, Carabao Cup semi-final first league game that we were all now thinking was going to take place yesterday, which was Thursday, um, that ended up getting cancelled because Liverpool said uh, they haven't trained for, I think, one or two days. The assistant coach is also down with COVID besides Klopp. And, of course, the, you know, uh, staff and, and some players now are out with COVID and that. But, I mean, <clears throat> of course, there's going to be a split thing with fans also and, and, and whatever. But, I mean, like, my personal opinion on it is, look, Klopp always has a sort of disdain for this trophy. He always actually wants to get rid of it. He's also on yeah. to get rid of the Carabao Cup. And yet, when I look at that, I don't know if you recall, even the listeners, if you recall a couple of years back, Liverpool had to play, when they won the title, they had to also play this following season in the World Club Cup that normally yeah. held in Asia. And they had a Carabao Cup game, played supposed to be, or I don't know if it was Carabao Cup or FA Cup, I'm not 100% sure. It was Carabao Cup, when they, against yeah. Aston Valley, they were supposed to play. And they sent out, the under two under twenty three used to be almost like second official lambs and yeah. they ended up getting tonked five 0 And you know while they were out then in, in uh somewhere in Asia playing the game. But I just think myself now look at that now and I mean if you think of what happened last and I mean I'm tired of people saying, Oh yeah, the rules are different, this and this, this. but for me, look at what happened to Leighton Orient earlier in the season. When they couldn't, when they had players out of COVID, they wanted to postpone the game. They had a match against Tottenham. What did they have to do? They had to forfeit the game and take the loss. And there was no ifs or buts or you know, d- uh, you know, sort of preferential treatment like Liverpool have gotten now. That is, I mean, that's what the final side for. And not, not, not just talking about our situation, but I mean, uh, teams like Orient also, Leighton Orient also. Then why do they get the pass now? All of a sudden, like uh, you know, like some Liverpool now. Even it happened last last season, the season where um, where um, it was Aston Villa to feel the weekend squad or Everton or something like that, and they also got hammered. I mean, where's the consistency there? Yeah, because I mean, for me, look, I would have understood if it's like a lot of players. If you uh, any of you guys can go check also the listeners and just go check how many players they actually have out actual with actual COVID and how many they have. Uh, with with injuries and whatever, I think it's about three or four that they have the supposed COVID uh, symptoms, and that's it. All the others are like coaches. And, uh, you're telling me they can't go and find coaches somewhere that can take over like some of the under 23s and some of the first team players because you saw no, you know, whiffs when they played uh, against uh, was it Chelsea the other day? Now yeah. all of a sudden, because I think uh, look as as. Uh, like stressful as COVID has been on on people, and, and uh, you know, over the last almost like two years now already, I just think myself at times, at, at the, like my personal take, it feels like some teams are using this like a, a get out of jail card at times, because it's like you you can maybe play the fixture. Because I think Thomas Tuchel was also saying the other day where he said when we told you guys exactly how many players we had out, you guys for, like forced us to play. Even though they, I think they only had like five on the bench out of eleven or twelve, and then you've got people like Liverpool that they, I can guarantee you they probably have a four hundred twenty-three side that could even tackle a game like it. I'm not saying like because my take is just if you want to treat the trophy with disrespect, then I mean 
Little didn't slide, but I mean, it's like they really now see, okay, we're now in the semis. Now we want to see if we can put out a stronger team as we can. Yeah, no, 100%. It, I, I think the game should have gone on and it's part and parcel now of it of how you manage. I mean, if it was other way around, I'm sure Arsenal would have been screwed. Yeah, because I mean, look, I personally would have, uh, it was like accepted it. They said, look, you guys, just, uh, you guys get in, should play you under 23 or something like that. Because I mean, I have belief in that team because I mean, I've also seen under 23 side play and they are capable enough to cope, even if they're playing, say, off of Liverpool's team that's like with, with uh, reserve teams and off uh, first teamers. So, yeah, it sounds like it's. But I mean, I think they also. I think, yeah, how can I say? After the fact, I think they also kind of shoot themselves in the foot because I think they actually suffer a way bigger fixture congestion than us then. Yeah, no, I hundred percent. It's uh, hopefully they prioritize other competitions, but the only worry for me is like they're quite far out the title race, basically. So you know, maybe they will cling onto this as a hope of silverware. I don't know. What do you think about that? No, I'm not. I mean, I don't know because I, I just remember like, for me whenever I see Klopp always, uh, you know, the way he treats his trophy, and I, when it comes to that's almost like they fall short when they when they lay down in the trophy because. When you hold it with kind of disdain, and now all of a sudden you want to start playing the first teamers in 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 the game, they just don't like they start struggling for some reason because I, th- I think the last few times or so where they look like they poised to go for it and win it, but I mean they end up just falling short because all like the guys just don't have that sort of you know that that willpower that you need, and that is what I mean. If this was really so meaningless, why do Man City always use this trophy as a springboard for the yeah title push? They always, I mean, you saw that's why. How upset they were, even when they got knocked out of this year's uh, cup competition. But I mean, that being said, with this delay, you know, this uh, postponement of the game leads us to the FA Cup third round against Nottingham Forest against the City ground. Um, something I was going to bring up was for me, this also went through for me the, the spanning the works. Really, was I already had in mind we were probably going to go full strength against uh, Liverpool at, at the Emirates. Then for that, that cup game against uh, Nottingham Forest, you're going to play the reserves, which is, they are quite strong as well. And it's not like you start to build up that sort of momentum leading up to the second leg, leading up to uh, the North London derby. So I just think to myself, I mean, the, I think that's the only thing that we kind of, I think it probably missed with Arteta's plans. Yeah, no, it's, 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 I was a bit disappointed of that because I was hoping, you know, Get that first leg done, you know, able to rotate players, get yeah. you know, get the result, you know, get through Nottingham Forest and then kind of, you know, just see that, that second leg off and then full strength for Spurs. But I mean they're in the same boat now currently because they're also probably gonna go, you know, all guns blazing for that second leg against um against some Chelsea. Yeah. So, I mean, with regards to the FA Cup game against Forest, yeah, the last time we played them in the FA Cup oh, no. <laughs> was 2018, and I mean, it was like the same with they uh, in the same round, sorry. And I mean, they ended up beating us 4 2 on the day. Um, I think Arsenal will be, you know, heavily rotate because the likes of Patino, uh, Omari, Hutchinson, and Ao Salah, as I call him, the Dutch, Dutch <laughs> one, they'll, they've been training now with the seniors, so I think that probably could be. You know, like starters, if not near starters, for that uh, upcoming game on Sunday. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm hoping, honestly, that we um, can get the, the business done, uh, you know, with with the likes of 
the youngsters also, you know, getting an opportunity because it is their opportunity to shine at the moment. And I think, you know, our youngsters, it seem like they're quite capable to do the job. Yeah. Unlike, you know, the latter part of, you know, the maybe the second half of Vengas tenure where, you know, you put the youngsters in the squad and they, you know, look lost. But yeah. these guys just seem up for the challenge. Yeah. So, I mean, as I said, like the first league is then eventually going to be played now 13th of the first, which is Liverpool versus Arsenal at Anfield. And then the following week, 20th of the first, then with a rearranged game, of course, and it's like Arsenal versus Liverpool. But, I mean, as, as you said now, I mean, I actually hope we kind of, you know, sneak or steal something away there with confidence. And then I was like, finish the job off at, at the Emirates on the 20th. Yeah, I, I hope to make it to that final because... I know I've been talking to you about it being like a springboard, but it could for like, you know, it's normally a springboard to a team to to go and win the, the league title. But I think for Arsenal, it'll be a springboard to to give this, this guy's belief and, you know, push on to that end of the season to secure a top four spot. Yeah. So now as we now reach close to the end of the podcast, I've got now just a few talking points before we wrap up. Um and what's your take also now on the first half of the season? Your like your analysis in your mind. Yeah, um, you know, to be honest with you, I, I mean, from from other season started, from prior to I know preseason signings and things like that, I'm really happy with where we are. You know, I was hoping for Europa League spot. I think that should still be the expectation. But yeah. I mean, the 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 manner in which these guys have risen from the ashes, basically, because we were, you know, dead last in the Premier League. I think it's. It's exciting as an Arsenal fan at the moment. I think, you know, you would have also probably put um, button or given your arm for um, to to be where you are now because I mean we close we we showing better performances than Man United at the moment. You know, Chelsea also seem like they're eating a bit of a a slump. I mean, they're getting the results, but this Arsenal team seem like they're up for any challenge and they're just going from strength to strength. I mean. The fact that we, when we lost to Everton and Man United, we just brushed ourselves up again and went again on a run. Yeah. I mean, so, exciting was, times. Yeah, because I mean, everybody was thinking about that backlash of, of you know, how people know us when when the wheels just, you know, totally start coming off. Usually it used to be our November under Wenger. And now it was almost like something to look like in the early phases where uh, Man United beat us, Everton beat us. But I mean, as you said now, they got their chin, you know, chins up, they touched themselves off and they were ready for the battle again. Um, next point, you the players that stood out for you in this first half of the season. Yeah, it's definitely Ramsdale, mm-hmm. um, Emil Smith Rowe, and I'm gonna have to say Saka. Those are the three guys I think have been key for for me this season. Like you know, they have always been stepping up. And your side? Yeah, for me also, as you said, now Ramsdale. Um, I think Gabriel showed a sort of leadership thing. I mean, of course, he still looks a bit raw. Because, I mean, especially when you look at that, you know, the, the, the he's petulant. For me, at times, it's like, I'm like petulant behavior. That is just iron out of him. Um, the likes of... Odegaard also impressed me because, remember, I criticized him in the beginning. Yeah. But, you know, not getting involved. He looked like he was always short of, you know, the pace side of the, thing, of, of the game. But, I mean, he started to look sharp. He started to, you know, even... I think what 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 surprised me now when I see him, he brings so much fear now to the opposition. Like when he makes a darting run, 
you can see two guys chasing up, and the minute they start chasing him, it's already opening up a path for everybody else that's in the attacking phase of the game. And another one, like Martinelli, has been almost like a revelation for me. Um, I just always panic, you know, when I watch him, because it's like sometimes he's almost like rushing himself, he's overrunning the ball, or just, you know, almost like half flashing at the ball and then blazing over. But now it's like you can see the coach has not probably talked to him. They are fine-tuning his game, and I mean, he actually looks more comfortable. And now, seeing him take over that, that Aubameyang role, you can actually see what we have been missing, because I, I know I've been hopping on about but last, like last week's podcast where I said, he almost like gives you that sort of outlet, outlet where you want to, you know, thread the ball through. And I mean, another uh, final big up to also uh, Emil Smith-Rowe, because, look, he's almost like just waiting in the wings for somebody to kind of mess up and we can get a slot in the team again. But I mean, he's also doing such a fantastic job where it's like you're already looking out for that he's going to score when he comes on. Yeah. 100% that. It's like you're really like, saying, okay, you're going to carry on this goal-scoring streak again when he comes <laughs> on. I mean, he's a top scorer, I think, at the moment in the Premier League, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then, I mean, the players you felt led the team down? Oh, definitely a bummy, Yang. You know, for me... Uh, I actually, I, I don't have any other people to criticize because I think, yeah. you know, not a lot of players had expectations on their shoulders, but the Bamiang, you know, he just seems to just don't, not to care anymore. And it just seems that his heart is not in there anymore. So he, and, and, and supposed to be the leader of the dressing room. So for me, he's the only guy that, you know, I can look at and say, you know, has really let me down. Otherwise, you know, I think most of the team have played their part and pulled yeah. their part party. You know, also now and again, but I mean, he shows as well that he can play if he's up to it. Yeah, but I mean, he even called himself out when he said about he finds his uh, performances like, like poor to average and he needs to now work on it, which I mean, you can see he's like an improvement in his game. Um, I also agree with you with regarding, with regarding um, to Aubameyang because I don't know if you saw the headlines the last like, 48 hours where he's contacted COVID again and they found out that he went partying in Dubai with a, a Cabernet's teammate before. The oh, my goodness. So, I mean, is there any change or is there even a future for him at Arsenal? That's gonna be, I think going to be the big question when they return from international duty, like with regards to him. Um, and then my final point is, I don't know if you saw now, Adidas and Arsenal are doing this uh, promotion for this anti-knife uh, program that they're running. And Arsenal will be playing, I think, the FA Cup rounds. I don't know if it's just the one round or in all the rounds, where they're going to wait, all white kids. Oh, I mean, is it going to be just a case of when they're away from home, or is it going to be even when they're at playing at oh, home? Oh, going to be taken out of the kit completely for this Adidas uh, program that they're running. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not too, too. I'm not that I'm not too happy about it, but I mean, I understand the the good gesture behind it. But for me, you know that the red is is yeah. is, is for, for me what is important. I don't know, me, like, I, I think I would have been really behind it if it was done like any time, you know, other time of the season. But, I mean, imagine you're playing in the heart of winter now in all white. I mean, what, what are you going to look like? Yeah, to- especially if it starts snowing also, you know, you're going to be matching with the kit almost. Yeah, the pitch colour. But, yeah, I mean, that's about it for the podcast. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the cup games over the weekend. I mean, it's going across the board with all the leagues and non-league teams playing the FA Cup. So, take care, guys. Be safe. Bye. Cheers, guys. Have a good one.